Now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer today, Ms. Shaley Henning. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. We just added our 294th affiliate in Canyon, Colorado. And I want to say a shout out to the good folks in Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Prescott at KYCA, 1490 AM, 103.5. FM, we've got a number of phone calls, some folks up there this week uh, with some questions about the Alzheimer's show that we did and the trials. If you're interested in that, it's up on the podcast platforms. You can go up and listen to it on the podcast platforms and uh, learn more about that trial. Uh, and Dr. Molina, who did a great job on here from USC, talking about what they're doing and how they're working to find a cure for Alzheimer's. So once again, that's on the podcast platform. And those podcast platforms are Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, the shows are posted on all of those. SoundCloud is probably the easiest one, everybody tells me. So that's, that's probably a great place to go look. Uh, if you listen to today's show, you want to tell somebody about it, like the folks did in Phoenix uh, with the show we did on Alzheimer's, you can go back up there. All the shows are posted there, and you can listen to them. You can also reach out to me on the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you've got a question, if you've got a comment, if you need help with something, um, I'm happy to help you. Send me an email, and I will get back to you uh, and take care of it. We had somebody reach out the other day and was having a lot of trouble trying to figure out Part D Medicare. Um, send me an email. We got that straightened out. The lovely Joyce Thompson over at RPSVBDI reached out and took care of those folks, so we're happy to do that for you. And the Facebook page is America's Healthcare Advocate as well, if you want to follow me on Facebook. And if you are looking for health insurance, specifically if you're looking for um, Medicare or individual health insurance, the lovely Joyce Thompson is available to help you, and uh, you can always get a hold of her anywhere in the country at 877-385-2224. 877-385-2224, an employer-sponsored healthcare group. Uh, the same phone number for Mr. Jim Lodge, who's the vice president um, at RPSVBDI at 877-385-2224. Joining me for the second time in less than a month, <laughs> Kelly Webb, who flew in here from uh, Phoenix. Glad to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. A little cooler here in Phoenix, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. In fact, you guys are expecting hail today, and we just wish we could get a little bit of hail in <laughs> Phoenix. It's 95. Yeah, 95, and you've got fires burning. Yeah, it's bad up in yeah, Flagstaff. It's, it's, we it's people well. good. So today's show, so Kelly, the, the last show we did, they were talking <laughs> about, our, we did it on their mental health programs. And by the way, those are up on the podcast as well, if you want to go listen to those. They're pretty informative and, and, and really a great broadcast. Today we're going to talk about his other company, and that is e-surgeries. Now, I've known about this for some time. He and I actually met, what, about three years ago, four years ago? Yeah, about we, that. Yeah. We were at a conference together, and I was intrigued with what they do and how they do it. Um, and I thought this would be a, you know, a great opportunity to learn about e-surgeries. They've got a unique product offering. If you are, uh, you know, if you're a TPA administrator, if you're a broker, if you're a human resource director, you know, or if you're just an employer and you're struggling with insurance and costs and all the rest of it, this could be a very key piece uh, of solving some of that problem. So a little bit about Kelly. So e-surgeries, you are the CEO 
No, I'm the vice president of marketing. You're the vice president and, of marketing. And the so, CEO is your wife. That's correct. See, the C, my wife's the CEO of everything. So I did. I, mine too. <laughs> yeah, and she does yeah, a great job. Laughing, but that's <laughs> she does a great job. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kelly is the marketing vice president of marketing director, direct contractor, plan benefits for counties, cities, municipalities, unions, companies, um, uh, which contract uh, with board certified surgeons and ambulatory surgery centers, if you will, nationwide. Currently leads a team of sales associates in uh, new revenue for exclusive surgeries network, e-surgery, that's the name of the company. So just talk a little bit about the concept because it's very unusual what you're doing. Um, and um, it's very different than, you know, what we see when we talk about reference-based pricing. Uh, your program is significantly different than that. I think that's one of the things that kind of attracted me to this to start with was the way you do what you do, and it's a national program, Kelly, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a national program. We've networked uh, the ambulatory surgery centers and the board-certified surgeons that work in those centers. There's independent surgeons out there who are separate from the hospitals. And in fact, I think that's uh, an important note to know is there's a lot of surgeons who just don't like working for hospitals. They really like being the actual board certified surgeon in charge of, say, carpal tunnel or colonoscopies or or uh, spine and orthopedics such as knees, hips, and shoulders. And they go off on their own, create their own building, their own surgery center, and it's, it is Medicare certified or JCO or AAAHC. Those are certifications that the center has to have in, in, even to operate. So they have to have an actual room that's set up to be a surgery center. And it's, it is certified. In fact, it meets the standards of a hospital or even better. And the reason I say it's even better is because by requirement, they have to have a registered nurse on site dealing with anything going on, and they do a great job at, at keeping things sterile. As you know, um, reinfection rates. Reinfection huge rates issue. is a huge issue. It was a huge issue before COVID, and now with COVID, it's been more brought forward. And the concept there is you don't want to go in and, and get an infection while you're having a surgery at a certain location. Well, the, the ambulatory surgery centers are known for being less than 1% infection rate nationwide. That's amazing. It is amazing. And, it's be- and it, it goes to those great nurses and administrators who are keeping the place sterile. And, of course, their license is on the line. They're in charge of that. They, it represents them. And so they, they do a clean job. And, all, and the other thing that really keeps them sterile is the general public doesn't go in there. These surgeries are for walk in and walk out. So you get your rotator cuff done. You get your carpal tunnel you go home at the end of the day and recover at home. Therefore, nobody's nobody's coming to the hospital to visit ground on a hospital bed because there isn't any. They go home. See, and that's really interesting because, and I, as you were sitting here talking, I was making a note of that. That's probably one of the biggest advantages for these standalone surgical centers. And we'll talk about some of the other advantages, how they're not tied into the hospitals. But the fact that you don't have all that traffic in and out yeah. um, and, and people coming in with every kind of issue that you can think of, every kind of disease, every kind of issue, Correct. you know, especially with COVID now, you know, we've got this BA2 variant, all the rest of it. You don't have that issue here because like you said, first of all, it's a smaller facility. Secondly, it's controlled. It's a very controlled environment. Uh, and thirdly, uh, nobody's staying there for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. They're not wheeling people down the hallway to get them to go to the MRI clinic or over here you know, to dialysis clinic or someplace else, and all of that germ, whatever it is, is you know 
throughout the hospital, that's what you're dealing with. So it's a very different kind of environment because it's, it's controlled, right, Kelly? That's correct. It's very controlled. And um, if you go there now for a surgery, a lot of the surgery centers have tightened up due to COVID. And so, therefore, there's one person that comes in, helps the patient get dropped off, and they usually have that person leave and come back in an hour or sit in their, their lobby or their waiting room, but they're not just hanging around. And so, therefore, there's, it's very limited access. And the public knows about ambulatory surgery centers, but the word ambulatory obviously means walk in, walk out, go home. And so it's for a lot of the general surgeries that occur, uh, there's a whole group of them. There's over 5,400 uh, codes, but orthopedics, pain management, vascular uh, the public knows plastic surgeons have their own ambulatory surgery center, and and they're qualified and Medicare certified. In fact, some of our great plastic surgeons that we're working with do a lot of reconstruction for breast cancer reconstruction, uh, burns, uh, people that get badly burned. They're doing skin grafts and all kinds of things, and those are all part of our network too. And then you've got spine, urology, ophthalmology. A lot of people don't know this, but the LASIK procedures, those are usually done in an ambulatory surgery center. So your ophthalmology cases are probably the number one cases done in the United States in an ambulatory surgery center. So literally, um, the ambulatory surgery center is a very efficient level of health care and how it takes care of its patients. Well, you know, the other thing is that, you know, I'm going to go back to this. We're getting ready to roll up on the break here real quick. But the fact that, that the reinfection rate is less than 1%. We've got hospitals here in Kansas City that have got significant issues with this. I'm not going to name them right now, but there are hospitals here that we, that have significant issues with this, with, with, rein, with reinfection. People leave, they get a joint replacement, they get, and they get home, and they find out they've got an infection that came about as a result of the fact that yeah. they were in that hospital, and maybe they were an inpatient for whatever period of time. So it's a very different process. If you want to learn more about this, you can go to their website, esurgeries.com, esurgeries.com, or you could call 833-378-2583. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how they do, what they do, and we'll start getting in the weeds a little bit with all the different products and services that they offer. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIE Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer, Ms. Shaley Henning. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This, this, in this show today, we're talking about the e-surgery centers across the country. They are a national organization, so they're an alternative to what we see in the hospitals. And you're, as you're listening to this and, you know, and Kelly's describing all of this, you're seeing, you know, in, in a lot of cases, they're a lot safer, they're a lot cleaner, and there's a lot less risk, and the risk of reinfection obviously is significantly reduced. Uh, the website for them is esurgeries.com, esurgeries.com. The phone number, if you want to reach out to them, is 833-378-2583, 833-378-2583. Um, if you're interested in learning more, you can call them if you're a broker or if you're a TPA administrator. 
Um, if you're a human resource director or you're just an employer and would like to learn more about what they do, they'd be happy to chat with you and talk about that. So there are some cases where you have to stay overnight, um, and they're called the SNIF, uh, the S-N-I-F. So yep. t- t- what does that mean? Explain that. Really well, quickly. a SNIF is a, a, a skilled nursing in, inpatient facility, and what it means is it has a registered nurse to monitor and take care of patients in an overnight basis. Uh, so it's not necessarily classified as a hospital or anything like that. It's just where... Uh, these nurses can then monitor these beds like they would in a hospital. And so there are some ambulatory surgery centers who have been licensed to have one-room or two-room sniffs in the case of long-term cases. Some of these surgeries might take t- uh, 10 or 12 hours. 10 or 12 hours in any given surgery is an awful lot of time. That's to, a long time, It's a long Kelly. time to be under um, under anesthesia. And th- some of those cases, oh, maybe they'll go to four to eight hours, but – the reality is there's some very long cases, both in, like, say, spine or some of the other areas. And while they're in that much time frame, sometimes they need to recover a little longer in a sniff. And so mostly all of the ambulatory surgery centers have a license agreement and a transfer agreement with local hospitals if needed. But the reality is is you're very safe and secure at doing surgery for, say, uh, breast reduction or child tubes in an ear at an ENT or um, a cancer on skin cancer at a dermatology center in an in a, in a ambulatory surgery center, or even wound debridement or burn treatment, as we already mentioned. And one of the highest common procedures done in ambulatory surgery center is pain management. A lot of people have a lot of problems with back pain, so they're getting interventional pain nerve blocks, uh, pain pumps, electrical stimulation, ablations, radiofrequency. And also, you know, you'd be interesting to learn that spine – They'll be doing laminectomies where they're fusing two, two discs right. together yeah. as right. well as um, microdiscectomies where they go in and re- rebuild a cage for the disc where the disc is broken down and they have to actually rebuild it. Disc replacement, ACDFs, all these types of procedures are literally, um, are literally those types of things that have to be done in an ambulatory surgery center and or can be done at a hospital, but literally the reality is these board-certified surgeons are very skilled at what they do. Yeah, and I want to go back a minute because I want people to understand this. These centers are certified by CMS, okay? They're certified by the states in the, if they're operating, and so the medical boards that certify hospitals do the same thing. They have to pass the same requirements as the hospitals, uh, and they have to prove the same level of competency, correct? Absolutely. These are very competent centers. They go through a high scrutiny level. The actual physical building is certified by either one of three entities, and usually the same inspector comes out and does the inspection for all three certifications. There's Medicare certified, which means the Medicare approves of it, JCO or AAAHC, and those three certifications literally say this building is qualified to handle um, surgery for any given surgery. Yeah, so explain JCO so people understand what that is. It's just another uh, board. It's just another certification agency right. that actually goes out and does the certifications. So they, again, the point here, people, that I'm trying to get across to everybody is these these are not in any way substandard to what the hospitals offer. And frankly, in some cases, they're probably above what the, you're smiling a little I, bit. But, I am okay. smiling, and absolutely, <laughs> and I'm so glad you brought that out. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to a substandard level of care, and the reality is. You're going to a, almost a better level of care because you get one-on-one treatment. You have a doctor who's focused only on you. You're the only patient that he's working on in that particular time frame. He might do two or three cases in a day, but your the staff is totally focused on you. You're not, you know, my son went in and had a meniscus tear in the hospital, 
And he went in as they as they were lined up. They had four people on a gurney at a time. And they came through. The anesthesiologist came through and knocked him out one at a time. And he's laying, looking around, going, "What is going on here?" But the reality is, is it's it's really a one on one in the ambulatory surgery center environment, and they're very well taken care of. And in fact, it's so good that the CMS and everybody else has approved that they can do uh, pacemaker transplants for the batteries in an ambulatory surgery center. It's an approved. Now, that's code. interesting because there you're dealing with something that could be fatal if it's not done right. Yeah. If they've certified them to that in an ambulatory Correct. surgery center. That uh, speaks t- volumes, right? Tells you how safe it is. Yeah, and that's, Absolutely. that's the whole idea that I'm trying to get across here is it is, it, it is safe, um, as you heard Kelly say, in, in a lot of instances, this is actually a cut above what you're going to get in the hospitals, and you're not one of 35 rolling down through the surgical center that particular day. Uh, it's a little different scenario. And, they're, and they're, again, they're, you know, these doctors that are doing this are specializing in this particular Practice, correct? Correct. And thank you very much for mentioning that. The, the specialization is really high out there. For example, you don't just go to any orthopedic surgeon right now and say, oh, I want to have my hand or carpal tunnel taken care of. There is an orthopedic surgeon who only specializes in hands. There's one that only specializes in knees. And you don't want to go to the guy that, that is doing only shoulders to have your knee done. So you really want to look for the right specialist because, Carrie, would you want to go to a man who had done 10 knee surgeries instead of the specialist down the street who's done 300 or or 10,000 or, or 10,000 exactly yeah. it was, it's in, i had a, a a friend of mine who who had to have prostate surgery and he was looking at where to get it done and i and i said you want to go to there's a doctor at KU he's done 5,000 of these surgeries yeah. over 5 that's the guy you want to that's go to. That's the guy you want to go to. Not the guy that's done 500. You Correct. want the guy that's done 5,000, okay, that could do yeah. this in his sleep, okay, um, and, 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 and really understands the procedure and, and, you know, is an expert at that particular thing. Absolutely. And that's how medicine is specialized. And so you got to ask a whole bunch of questions, the right kind of questions on just asking your doctor and take charge of your own health care. You know, and people are afraid to do that, Kelly. You know, they all, they get in with the doctor and they're like, well, I don't want to, you know, the doctor. You need to ask questions. And I, I have to encourage my own family to ask questions. We, they recently, a few of them had to go to, to doctors and surgeons and they get this white coat mentality that they're afraid to talk to the white coat. And the reality is speak up and ask your questions so you get yourself some real good information and get clear understanding as to what's going on. Yeah, because if you don't, you know, there could be a consequence to that that's significantly different than, you know, what you think. They don't sit on the right-hand side of God. A lot of times I know that they think they do, but they don't, okay? So you can certainly ask questions. There's nothing wrong with doing that. All right, if you want to learn more, go to the website esurgeries.com, esurgeries.com. The phone number, 833-378-2583. When we come back, now we're going to talk about why would you do this and why is this more efficient and more cost-effective than the traditional methods. You're going, to be find, you're going to find this kind of surprising. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. We'll be right back with more. Stay right there.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIE Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Also, those podcast platforms. So you're listening to this day. Hey, maybe you've got a business partner. You're saying, we're getting killed on costs. We're going to talk about costs here in this segment. The quality of what e-surgeries does is significantly different. Maybe you're a human resource director. Maybe you work at a TPA. You're an administrator or you're a broker, okay, and you're looking for a better way to serve your clients. Go to the website, esurgeries.com. <coughs> esurgeries.com. The phone number is 833-378-2583. Kelly will be happy to talk to you. They'll explain what they do and see if it's a fit for you. Um, It can make a big difference. We're going to talk about that in this segment. So let's do that. Let's segue to this, Kelly. What's the value proposition here? Why would a broker, uh, you know, I've I've got a hundred life self-funded case or I'm the human resource director and we're getting killed over here on costs. Um, You know, why would they want to consider this, and what are the benefits of this versus the standard way of doing things? Well, I think one of the best things I can illustrate how it, our, our value proposition is, is that we treat the patient in the episode of care. And at the ambulatory surgery center level, the doctor is focused on the patient. Um, I've, I talked to a broker who actually had the experience of going to an ambulatory surgery center. He says, he says that was the best experience I've ever ever had. He said, I, I was choosing to go to, the, to there or whether the hospital. He says, Everyone really focused on me and took care of me. Was, I felt like I was in a concierge type business where they were catering to what exactly what I needed. And the reality of that is, is it, it exclusive surgery solutions. We treat the patient and the episode of care. What does that mean? Well, what it means is, we had a patient who came in who had a chronic hip problem. That particular chronic hip problem she'd had since she was born. Her her actual hip re, uh, replacement had broken down, and she needed a hip replacement. Uh, because she'd had an, an implant, and that implant was failing her. Uh, we worked with that patient to negotiate with the hospital. It had to be done at a hospital. We started an ambulatory surgery center. We worked with the patient through the hospital with her surgeon uh, all the way through out to physical therapy. And in talking to the CFO of her company, he flat out stated, he says, we pay an extra amount of money for our our healthcare programs, the premiums and everything that we pay he says, we really appreciate the fact that our patients were taken care of. That patient is now walking, and she used to be in a wheelchair. So the concept is, is we worked with her through the whole process, uh, whether or not she, she couldn't, she was not a candidate for the ambulatory surgery center in this case because of the severity of the hip. It was going to be an extremely long surgery and a very difficult one. And, and that's the type of thing that it, we focus on. Now, with the ambulatory surgery centers, why is that a huge value proposition? Well, if you look at a big box hospital and you look at a small box ambulatory surgery center, the costs are, you can go down the street at any given mo- metropolis and, w- and go around the corner and you can identify the hospital building. And it's usually about four times the size. Or, 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 the, or the multiple hospital buildings. Correct. Yeah. There, there, there's a crane in every hospital. They're yeah. adding on Still building. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You're laughing, but you know that's a fact. I, I am laughing. And who do you think pays for the air conditioning bills in those buildings, the power bills and everything else? It's a big business. You go down the street and you can pass by an ambulatory surgery center in a medical area and you don't even know you've passed by it. It's a small little suite. It's a small building. But when you walk in... It is a full-blown operating room in an operating suite with pre, uh, pre-surgery beds and post-recovery uh, beds. And so the whole process is very smooth, very simple. And again, you're covering all kinds of 
areas of focus, very common surgeries. They're elective planned surgeries. None of this is for an emergency. Now, why does it work for uh, a broker or even a, a HR representative or a group of people? It's because the whole thing is is we use ba- uh, bundled claims to actually bundle the operating room, the physician's bill, as well as the anesthesiologist bill. That bundled claim is pre-negotiated. There is transparency in the billing. And the, I'm going to stop you right there. Go ahead. The word transparency. There is a huge problem in this country and a lot of pushback. I mean, the Trump administration put through an executive order where they, you know, we're going to force hospitals to in transparency. The hospitals filed lawsuits. They pushed back on it. Go to the transparency piece a little bit because that's a really big deal. Um, and the hospitals are not transparent in their pricing, Kelly. We were doing transparency bundled billing long before this law came out. And the reason it works is everybody knows what to expect and the expect and the expectations are set going in the front door. So because we know who the, the – obviously this is a planned surgery – so the patient has to reach out to us ahead of time. Do not call us um, and your surgery's tomorrow. It doesn't work because we have to reach out to the, to the physician, the surgeon, the ambulatory surgery center, the anesthesiologist, and we have to pre-negotiate what they're going to get paid for the surgery. And literally, they will tell us exactly what they're planning to do. We actually do the pricing, come in with a full bundle payment for all three of those entities. And because of that, it works and functions because the patient knows what their copay, their deductible might be, or if in some plans we've had plans that have actually waived it, if they'll go to an ambulatory surgery center. Because it costs so much less. Because it costs so much less. It costs the employer that much less. There's an encouragement and enticement there to actually go and utilize these great services at a discount because uh, it's not going to cost the employer that much. And so literally... That bundle and that predisclosure, the patient's happy, the surgeon's happy because he agreed to a rate and he signed off on it. There's an actual signature on a document that says, I'm going to accept this rate. He's happy. The patient's played a, either a copay or the deductible's waived or whatever's handled. And in that case, on the back end, there's no surprises for anybody. The claims come processed through. Everybody's paid within 30 days. And uh, it, there's a quicker recovery time, too. It's already documented if you go into these ambulatory surgery centers for this elective surgery, when you go home, you recover quicker and faster. And the less, the actual, we already talked about, the infection rate is a lot less. Because you're not sitting there in a hospital. You're not sitting in a hospital. ward with 30 people. Yeah. Okay. And God only knows what's going on. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you leave there. We're better to recover at home than at, than at home, right? Doesn't that make perfect sense? Oh, it does. Yeah. And so, so the benefits of this, and when when he talks about bundled, the way it works in the hospitals is you get a charge master, and each one of those items is charged separately. And in some cases, uh, they're at five, six, seven hundred percent above Medicare reimbursement. And we've got a couple of hospitals in this town that do nine hundred percent, which is a little hard to believe, but they do. And who's paying for that? Yeah, your insurance company, but you know who who pays the premiums? The insurance companies, all right? The employer groups and they, also the people coming they, right out of their daily pay, yeah. or weekly paychecks. And you're out of, and out of your pocket and out of your deductible and out of your co-insurance. This is a whole different deal. Everybody understands up front what's going to get paid, who's going to get paid, and how it's going to work. And th- the beauty of that is total transparency. 
Um, and right. it's just not something we see, Kelly, when we go look at the major hospital systems. You've got hospitals like Barnes-Jewish that absolutely refuse to release their costs and what they do and, and what it costs. They're notorious for it. It's a great hospital, but but they will not uh, release their charge master what they charge for a procedure. You can't. If you go in and ask them, they won't tell you that, that information. So yes, that's that's a that's a true fact in a lot of hospitals. And if you look at the charge master, they literally charge and design your care at a hospital based on who the patient is, their size, their morbidity, whatever's going on. I had a, an overnight stay in a hospital, and they used a respiratory device and wanted me to breathe. They wanted to make sure my O2 was good. I looked at the hospital bill later on. This little tiny plastic device ended up costing uh, is billed at thirteen hundred dollars. And I'm like, it's it's a it's it's a two dollar and fifty cent item of plastic here, and the charge that went out was billed at, at fifteen hundred. I think the claim paid a hundred and fifty or something for that device. And I'm like, the value there was just not there. And so the concept is is there's a lot of waste in in medical billing and spending, and and they've got to pay for that air conditioning and that building and the whole the whole yeah, functionality. Yeah, all their overhead and their and their yeah. whole and 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 believe me. For instance, not-for-profit hospitals—it's almost humorous. Okay, yeah. Because there's a big profit in not-for-profit hospitals, and then there are the for-profit hospitals, like the big HCA system, which is a national system. There are others. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying there are different ways to do things. This is a more efficient way. It's a cleaner way. It's actually a better way from the standpoint of the experience with the patient, because as you talked about, if you get a complicated case. You've got somebody hand-holding that employee, that patient, all the way, like the lady you talked about with the hip. They're not told, here, go talk to the admissions person or whatever the case may be. It's a totally different deal, and it works very, very differently in the way you guys do it. That's correct. In fact, we just had a patient that just went through a procedure, and it was a fairly long procedure, 10 hours. But they had actually called us almost 20 times before the actual surgery occurred. And we just walked them through it and guided them through it, gave them the information they needed so they could be calm. And they were and nervous and they were concerned every, and they were scared and nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. That's and correct. That's try, a human try, nature. Try getting through to the doctor at the hospital and trying that. If you want information, the website is esurgeries.com, esurgeries.com. The phone number 833-378-2583, 833-378-2583. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. We've got more. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You know, you're listening to this. It's intriguing. It's interesting. You can go up to the website. Uh, you also go to the podcast platforms. All the shows are posted up there. Tune in iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, it, it's on all the platforms. So if you want to tell somebody about this, maybe you want to share this with a business partner, or maybe you're the CFO and you want to talk to the CEO or the human resources director, whatever the case may be, um, it'll be up on the podcast platforms. It'll be labeled e-surgeries. So you know what it is. You can tell them about it and listen to the thing up there if you choose to do that. The website for e-surgeries is esurgeries.com, esurgeries.com. The phone number 833-378-2583. 
833-378-2583. If you want to reach out and talk to Kelly, he'll be happy to chat with you, explain more about what they do, how you can access them, how you can work with them. If you're a broker, this is really something you probably ought to look at because it probably makes a lot of sense for some of your clients. It's going to make a big difference in costs, and they're certainly going to uh, make a big difference in their satisfaction level uh, in terms of, uh, of, of what happens after they have a procedure like this done. So let's go back to this questions to ask the doctor that a lot of times people, Kelly, are just afraid to do. Questions to ask the doctor. If you look at that, um, a lot of times people get a little scared when they're in front of a doctor and, and they're intimidated. They're also worried about their procedure, what they're going to have. And I think, I think one of the things people really need to specialize in, and remember is that the surgeons themselves are making, they're very highly intelligent, board-certified surgeons. They've gone through schooling, and they're making educated decisions based on your health care. But it is your health care, and so you need to kind of take control of it. And I think some of the things you really want to ask them is, one of the very first things is to ask, uh, who's the anesthesiologist and how long have you been working with him or her, and how good is he? That anesthesiologist is real important to know and to actually get to know, and don't just have a two-minute conversation 10 minutes before your surgery with Which him. Which is typically how that works. They walk yeah. in the room, they introduce themselves, and you've got like two minutes to have the conversation and ask them. And here's the other thing. A lot of times that's not a doctor, Kelly. You know, you know, in today's world, sometimes that's a nurse. Or So talk a little bit about that because that's different. Well, there can be um, CNAs, certified nurse yeah. anesthesiologists, and, and that is possible. And um, I personally would prefer to have working with a doctor. And, and you'll find that your surgeon is comfortable working with that anesthesiologist. He will use that anesthesiologist for almost all of his surgeries. And so you kind of want to know the certification, that level of that particular person, and just get to know them a little bit and understand what they're doing and, and ask more questions about it. The other thing I would be asking is, um, is your practice owned or partially owned by a hospital or insurance group? If you're talking to your surgeon and he's literally talking to you, you want to know who's actually driving the boat of the whole situation. If you're talking to a surgeon and he's owned by the hospital, his practice itself is owned by the hospital, he more than likely will be directing you to have surgery at that hospital. Oh, yeah, of course they will. And that's something you want to know up front. You want <clears throat> yeah. to ask him, who, is, who owns your practice? Do you own it or is it, is it controlled and owned by the local hospital? And then you'll be able to identify what's going on behind the scenes because you'll all of a sudden you'll find out you're being referred to go to the hospital for surgery. And if you say, oh, I want to go to an ambulatory surgery center, you're, he's going to try to discourage you from doing that. And, you know, you have options. You might want to ask him, do I need a second consult? Why are you discouraging me from doing that? That would be yeah. a really good question. Yeah. And Kelly. there's a financial incentive. The hospital Thank owns you. him. He's trying to move him in that direction. That's, that's how the nature of the world is. But literally, that doesn't mean he's a bad surgeon. Those, the hospitals no. and, and surgeons do great work no, we're there. we're not saying that. Yet. We're not saying that at all. But you have choices. But, but you have choices, and you need to know what's going on. The second thing, too, is asking about how long is your recovery or, and or do I need physical therapy? <clears throat> and or do I need a second consult for surgery? So there's a whole lot of questions, and, and I could share that a lot more if people want to reach out. There's other ideas and things to as a patient to ask. But. We've got a couple of minutes left. You want to wrap it up with a couple of the thoughts? Yeah, um, just really quickly, I guess I want people to know that we work with all kinds of cities, municipalities, unions. Uh, if they're working with the TPA, if they're self-insured groups, it works best. We're a bolt-on uh, benefit. So explain, they do, so they don't have to be self-insured if we're doing a bolt-on. Talk a little bit yeah. about that before we the, wrap the, it up here. The bolt-on means that we literally are bolted on as a benefit. Uh, it's an add-on benefit to an existing program. 
and it does not um, it, it's added on through the benefits and a lot of times um, they will structure a tier type benefits for different groups if they're going to incentivize somebody to go in a certain direction there'll be a tier level and we're one of the benefits on that tier and we mainly focus on out of network type uh, functions of orthopedics being billed out of network or something else. If there's a lot of out of network claims, we can come in and be a bolt on and they can direct those surgeries through us. Milliman stated that 23% of any given healthcare cost is literally due to out of network surgeries. And because of that high end cost of the whole plan, if you're spending a whole group of quite a bit of money on any given plan, 23% of that's going to out of network or surgery. And if we can help manage and reduce the cost in that area, we're going to cut we saved, uh, we saved one group $1.2 million in a year just by redirecting their surgeries to ambulatory surgery centers. Yeah, and that's the thing. Okay, so you're the broker out there listening to this. That, you know, It's worth taking a look at this to see whether you've got a fully insured group or whether you've got a self-funded group. Either way, you've got options here that make sense. And if you're the employer, um, you know, where do you, if you saved $1.2 million, what could you do with that money in your company? If you, you know, that, that, does that go better wages, better salaries, better benefits? You know, think about how that money drops to the bottom line and what you can do with it. That that's that's another piece of it that's really critical and important. The quality is excellent. The service is excellent. The, the, you know, the surgery centers are certified. He talked about all the different certifications. There's there, there's nothing here that is not absolute the best in quality, but the cost and the transparency significantly different. So. You've got a great product, um, and um, you know, I think it's important for people to know that it's out there, and you've, you're nationwide, so it doesn't matter where they're at, right? Uh, you've got surgical centers all over the country. I've seen the map. It's Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So 5,000 centers nationwide. So if you're in California or if you're in Florida or if you're in uh, uh, Amarillo, Texas, they, they can certainly help you. The website is esurgeries.com, esurgeries.com, um, and the phone number 833 833- Three seven eight twenty five eighty three eight three 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 seven eight twenty five eighty three. Thank you for coming in here today to do this. I think we got a lot of information out there. We could do a whole bunch more of these. Hopefully, we'll have an opportunity to do that and explains more about what you all do and how it benefits people. And now I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein: The one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life: if you refuse to accept anything but the very best. You most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America.